The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. We briefly told you about the story of Pablo the Wallaby earlier this week. Now, Pablo was rescued from a drug house where it's believed he was used as a bait animal in a dogfighting ring. He's come a long way since then, and his rescue led to the rescue of other exotic animals. Mike Shepard is the man who saved Pablo, and as a result, now is the co-owner of Cobb's Exotic Animal Rescue and Education Foundation. Mike joins us this afternoon. Hey, Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you. How are you? I am good. I have so many questions about owning <laughs> exotic pets to, to uh, you know, that and that whole issue. But first off, before we get to that, I, I wanted to ask you about about Pablo. Tell us his story. What what do you know about him and his background? You know, my knowledge is very limited. I can tell you um, how he came to be with us is yeah. we were actually at the park. Um, someone knocked on our door. It was two years ago this month and out of the blue they said i have a weird question for you do you take kangaroos and i said yeah i said sure why you know she goes i have one in my backyard i don't know what to do with it so of course i go well tell me more and long story short is she ended up with this wallaby um she was not part of this drug house or anything like that but Mm -hmm. he came from a drug house the guy got busted went to jail and his uh, his animals were dispersed before he went to jail uh, to other people and this wallaby got passed around from person to person mm. she ended up watching it for someone they never came back and she knew it wasn't doing well he was skinny he was not well so she said i have to get him better and they called you so how did you how how was it suspected that he was uh, a bait animal so we took him to the vet and um, besides being extremely malnourished, he had bumps, which she said are bite marks, all over the back of his neck. Mm. And his hind had been shaved. There's spots that were starting to grow back. And what we were told, and I didn't know this beforehand, is they shave the hind of animals to teach the dogs where to bite. Hmm. Wow. I uh, did an interview uh, probably about six, eight months ago uh, with uh, with a rescue organization out of uh, central Alberta, and they were seeing more and more dogs that they believed were uh, parts of dog fighting rings. What do you do? You know much, or do you hear much about that, and 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 what is happening in Alberta when it, you know, uh, on that horrific, you know. I don't even want to call it sport. I don't know what to call it. It's just disgusting. It, it is disgusting. And no, honestly, uh, thankfully, I would say, is I know nothing about it. Um, I don't know. I've never met any other animals that have been involved in it. Um, and uh, I don't know anything about any. It was shocking that this was done in Alberta. In fact, I don't even know if the dog fighting was in Alberta. We picked okay. up the animal in Alberta, but we don't know where it came from originally. Okay. All right. So uh, when you brought... How did you, if Pablo was so unsocialized, how did you get him back? How did you get him to the vet? How did you get him back to to the park safely? Well, once you know these animals, there's ways to carry them, um, hold them. I picked them up and put them right into a kennel, put them in my car, and uh, brought them to our farm, and we had them in an isolated area. And uh, we went in there, and uh, we know how to handle them. Yes, he attacks yeah. us. Yes, he scratches us but we know how to handle it. Um, And we just kind of sat there and we actually had volunteer come in 
every day for hours and he'd sit there and yeah he'd get scratched and slowly it'd be less and next thing you know he's sitting on his lap and now they're like best buddies so yeah you know what i'm always i'm always amazed at animals and their in their um their, their capacity for forgiveness or whatever it is or to build trust again it's amazing after they come from horrific circumstances so pablo is doing well now he's cute he's cuddly he's he's friendly he's confident and this is great news and and, and so i i love that part of the story from what i understand uh, you know rescuing pablo led you to rescuing more exotics tell us about that yeah so you know word kind of got out we have customers come in and meet him and then you know we'll have customers come up and say hey i know someone who has a tortoise that's getting too big or people who move and their landlord won't let them have snakes or Mm. circumstances change right a lot of these exotics live way longer than people expect so um or they're also very expensive so we get people who you know, they, they can't take care of the animal, but they love them. The word rescue is a little overused because a lot of rescues we get were loved very, very much by their owners. Okay. It just didn't work for them, you know, and they didn't feel comfortable selling them on Kijiji or to some unknown or, you know, afraid some um, inexperienced person would buy them and not treat them well. So they give them to us. And then we take care of them for their life, and they also get the option to come and visit them whenever they want. Interesting. Mike Shepard is the co-owner of Cobb's Adventure Park, joining us this afternoon. Mike, when it comes to owning exotics in the province of Alberta, I know when we talked about this briefly earlier this week, there was a lot of questions about, you know, what is allowed and what isn't allowed. And to be honest with you, I spent a good hunk of uh, time this morning trying to figure that out myself. It does. It seems like the the, the laws or the rules around owning exotics um, are vague at bad vague at best do you, do you know what is uh, allowed and not allowed in in alberta well i mean i could take an hour explaining it all but there, there yeah. certainly are you can go on alberta website the government website and there's a list there's certainly certain things that are certainly not allowed um mm. any native animals are not allowed to be held as pets um no primates so you can't have monkeys lemurs anything like that certain exotics that are endangered or that can be a danger to other people, you know, uh, like tigers and things like that. Mm. Sadly, exotics, it's all based on province. So you go to Ontario and it's like the Wild West out there uh, as far as exotics go, and you can have a lot of things that you can't have in other provinces. Okay. So I... A wallaby. I mean, to me, I'm like, what? How, how does someone get a wallaby? Like, how how does that happen? And I heard someone talk the other day, actually, on on a on a, on a radio station, um, you know, positive that they saw one out roaming around at one point. I mean, is is how how often does this happen? Not often in Canada. Um, you know, there are other countries like they that people have them in pets in the UK, and they got out, and there's there's a whole wild mob of them in the UK. Um, in the U.S., they're more popular. They're not great pets. You know, okay. they, we we tend to go through these phases where, oh, let's have a potbelly pig, let's have a sugar glider, let's have, you know, and they become the the pet of the day. Um, but people realize soon that they're they're horrible pets. You can't train them at all. They <laughs> chew on everything. You know, um, they're great for a farm, 
but not if you're a farmer and you want a wallaby because they need to be socialized. They need to be in a group of their own. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so you have to, I, I would say if you're ever getting any exotics, do your homework, find out what, you know, find out about them, find out about their lifespan, you know, find out about the costs. Um, I can go on. We have like a pair of snakes we got that are 27 years old. They love them, wow. but they're they're outliving their usefulness for their owners. So they donated them to us. Wow. You know, just wow. yesterday we picked up a pair of sugar gliders that one of them broke their leg and she loves them, but she can't afford vet bills for it. Yeah. So we took it on and we've got her in a cast. It's got a broken leg. It'll be six, eight weeks of healing her, you know, and getting her better and, but that's what we do. It seemed uh, the sugar gliders. Those. Uh, what are they? Are they? They're little. Mo- what are they? <laughs> they're, so they're, they're, they're really they're cute. They're little marsupials. Yeah, like kangaroos, they have pouches, but they're almost like yeah. a flying squirrel. That's right. And they seem to be like the really kind of hot exotic uh, in this province a few years ago. If I remember correctly, there was a, a trade there was a, a trade show or something that was in town and you could buy them at it. I just remember it being in the news. But yeah, sugar gliders seem to be something that were really popular a few years back as well. But great advice, Mike, about, you know, doing your research. And that is so important about it doesn't matter what kind of pet you get. You have to know, you know, it could you know, if it's a if it's a cat, if it's a dog, if it's a sugar glider, whatever it is, you have to know, you know, know the, the potential of costs and and uh, lifespan all of that sort of thing you know I, I have to ask you um you know you have uh the adventure park Cobb's adventure park uh down calgary and uh, you're you're bringing all of these other animals in who have been you know can't be that people can't take care of them anymore i know zoos are under a lot of um, uh, a lot of scrutiny over the past number of years, wildlife parks, that sort of thing. Um, how do you handle that, and what are you doing to ensure um, that um, that the scrutiny, you can say, hey, you know, we're all good here? Well, I mean, you know, we have um, Humane Society come out and check on us once in a while. We dot our I's and cross our T's. We have staff that are trained. We do our homework. Uh, we know you know, more about most of these animals than most people do, uh, including the vets. Again, I'm not knocking vets. Yeah. They just don't have enough experience with them. We handle these animals every single day. It doesn't make me a vet. We still take ours to the vet, but yeah. we work with them. You know, we've done our homework. And we say, hey, this is what we've learned. Let's try this. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I'm curious to know how COVID has impacted the park over the past year. Um, well, it hasn't been great uh, no. for a number of reasons. One, we, we depend on large volumes of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really cut that down. We couldn't even open. And we actually had plans to have, we're still hopeful, but we have plans to put up a 24,000 square foot building. We had it all approved, banks approved, everything. And then COVID hit and the bank said, no, we're not lending money on a project yeah. like that right now. Yeah. Um so, yeah, we'll see what happens because we've already got the building permit and all of that. So we're kind of in motion and we're, we're, we're figuring it out. Uh, figuring it out. That sounds like so many uh, organizations and other businesses, you know, a, a year into this, figuring it out and trying to figure it out. Mike, I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon and shedding some light uh, on this because I, I, I think most people, when you think of pets, you think of cat and dogs, and uh, there's a lot of other folks out there who, who want something different. And, and oftentimes when 
you might see something that is different and, and not realize that it's legal or illegal, whatever it is. But uh, I think your advice, again, about uh, knowing what you're getting is the most important thing to take away from all of this. Do your research on all of it. Best of luck uh, this summer moving ahead. And thanks for sharing Pablo's story with us. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, take care. And you can find out more. The website is CobbsAdventurePark.com if you want to find out more or uh, if you want to see more about uh, the the exotic animals that they are taking care of. Oftentimes, he says, you know, people just can't take care of them anymore, so they donate uh, the animals uh, to the park. But... Yeah, I mean, I think people who have snakes, and I know there's all sorts of folks out there who have things like snakes and spiders and and that sort of thing. As I mentioned, those sugar gliders were really popular a few years back. Um, But like anything, you have to know what you're getting into.